What up? Welcome to Homegrown Hustle, where local brilliance takes the center stage. I'm your host, Matt Eichmann. Together, we're about to embark on an inspiring journey. Our community thrives on the wisdom of insightful leaders that are right here in our backyard. And we're bringing their expertise to your ears. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur or simply seeking inspiration, this podcast is your guide. Join us every week in celebrating innovation, guidance, and the power to inspire greatness. Let's explore the stories that shape our local business landscape, and together, let's ignite the spark of excellence. And say thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Homegrown Hustle podcast here today. One of the funnier guys that I know and I've known for a couple of years now, so super excited to have you on here. And again, thanks for your time, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a great intro, a lot to live up to now. Yeah, don't let us down, Chris. We're just getting started. We're not even 30 seconds in yet. So there's a lot of upside on, on this show already. So first of all, two great looking guys, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Might need to edit that one out. So Chris, you've been in business since 2017, right? Yeah. In that time, you've gone through some challenges and you've really overcome quite a few obstacles. What are kind of some of those first few obstacles you had to overcome as you were going from being an employee into owning and running your own business? Sure. Well, I would say that, yeah, we were probably going to have to edit that out. The first thing I said is, um, that's like Don't worry about ah, it. my kryptonite here. All right. Excellent. Some of the things I've had to learn. Well, I'm a doer. I really like to do my own thing. I feel like I can do the best at everything. It's part of my fake bravado that I like to uh, have about myself, but I am a doer and I feel like if I have control over things then I can do it, I can do it the exact way that I want to. But having to realize that there's other people who can do things better than me, who can do things as well as me. Mm -hmm. I'm not the right person for every single job. Being able mm -hmm. to let go of that, reach out to people for help, Take a little piece of humble pie. Yeah. That was a tough one for you to... to a little bit. Were you the big pound your chest kind of... <sighs> Talk to my employees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you. So, so tell me a little bit about where you were at in your life when you went, when you made that transition into being a business owner. I was in middle management, kind of corporate manufacturer, manufacturing. I'd been doing manufacturing for about six years, supervisor in some departments, and then I was working on processes as well later on in my in my career. I just decided I wasn't into the whole corporate atmosphere. Lots of red tape. Like I said, I'm a do it kind of person. I wanted to be able to make decisions, implement, and I just figured this is a good good enough time as any to pursue that dream of doing something for myself. And so have you always had that dream of being your own boss, working for yourself? Yeah, I grew up, uh, you know, I'm the son of two entrepreneurs. So my parents were both, they owned their own business. They were wedding um, So yeah, I'm the son of two entrepreneurs. My parents uh, owned their own business. They were wedding photographers. And just seeing the freedom and lifestyle and things that well, some of my friends didn't necessarily have, of course, 
there's limitations as well, but. So did, so you notice that at a, at a young age that your the fact that your parents worked for themselves and ran their own business, that they had freedoms that other kids' parents didn't have, that's something you noticed? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me like the first time, if you remember, like when you really noticed that, is there a particular s- scenario or, or anything like that or? Yeah, I feel like my parents were always home. So a lot of the time they had their operation out of their, out of our basement, lower level in our house. My friends, they would have uh, their parents gone after school. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the big differences. We would, I don't know, they never. They were just present, sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. God, I haven't thought about this in so long. Way to come up with some of these questions, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) So so you grew up around entrepreneurial people. Yep. So just seeing the way that my my parents, you know, minds worked. They were always thinking about the next thing that you know they were going to implement into the business. They were always setting the you know the house up to have uh, clients over until they we're in their office building later on. And, uh, you know, once, once, uh, my brother and I were in our teen years and mm-hmm. we took over the house, they couldn't have people over anymore. So they moved down to the office and, uh, but yeah, just seeing that kind of thing at home really, it just instilled that, you know, you don't have to work for someone else type of mentality. Hmm. So just seeing that it's even like a possibility, right? Like, yeah. like there's a, you don't have to go work for somebody. So, right. Did you just go straight into the workforce kind of when you had that opportunity or did you try some other things and then just had to make money and survive and end up there? Like, how did that play out? Uh, Well, I don't know. I hated school. Honestly, when when I was in high school, I was not a big fan. And so I really didn't see myself going to college. I definitely, I don't know. I felt like there was a double edged sword with growing up with entrepreneurs because you don't see the struggles and difficulties necessarily behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And so I always thought I have a lot to live up to. I'm just some high school like slacker. Mm-hmm. I'm not up for this. I'm not built for this. It was kind of a, a turning point. And so, yeah, I did end up going to you know work just uh, either doing sheet metal. That's where I got manufacturing experience. And then I was also delivering a lot of furniture in my twenties. So that's where I got my moving experience. Okay. But I ended up figuring though, if I was not going to go to school, if I was not going to do my own business, I was always going to go back and forth between delivering furniture and doing sheet metal. And that was kind of a dead end in my mind. So I ended up going back to school. So you played it out in your mind rather than like letting it happen to you. you, you had the foresight to look down the road and say, if I continue on this path, the yeah. outcome isn't one that I want. Yeah. I mean, it took about four or five years after high school before I made that decision. And, uh, it was a little bit of a weird decision too, because sitting there thinking I'm going to be 30 by the time I get my bachelor degree, planning it out. And it's actually my dad that inspired me said, you're going to be 30 regardless. You might as well have your bachelor degree when you get there. <laughs> like, that is some wisdom. Damn. Yep. A little bit of that. So, 
yeah, so that was kind of my journey. Went to school while I was working full time, uh, paid my own way. I went to cheap schools, you know, so I went to community college at an Oak Ramsey. Uh, then I went to Metro State, my alma mater, you know, ended up using that to get my in in a manufacturing plant because like, honestly, it was, what, what was 2010. Sorry, actually, I didn't use my degree right away. I used my manufacturing experience to get into a plant. Mm. It was like 2010. We're just oh. on the other side of the recession. No one's hiring right now. No one will give me an interview. And I started as a sheet metal operator. And you just had to get money. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I had to get a job. Yeah. Right? It's like, a, how many places can I apply to and just not even get a return email? I was happy. I'd be like, oh, sweet. I got an email from someone. They were nice enough to say I don't get the job. <laughs> awesome. And so then, uh, you know, basically I just said, you know, I got to get some money. I'm going to go use my sheet metal uh, experience. I started working at Hoffman, uh, you know, also known as Pentair for a while. And now I think it's called Envent, but uh, in Anoka, Hoffman's an institution. So most people know it as that. Got that, uh, use that uh, sheet metal experience as an in and I want to say before I was actually hired on full time, because I was temping originally, I had gotten offered the position of leading the sheet metal department. So everyone kind of knew I had a degree and knew I was going mm -hmm. to try and use it within that company. And what was your degree in? Management. Okay. It's like the best generic degree you've ever heard of. I have a bachelor of science Dude, in management. Honestly, I think. Like, I'm literally, it's crazy to bring that up because I was thinking about it the other day. Like, how many small business owners fall into a business and end up having to be a professional manager, right? And they have zero management background, zero foundation. You at least took classes on it. Like, you, you have, so I think that kind of a leg up, honestly. Like, I have, like, that's things I have to actively learn and engage in now, too. Yeah. I remember learning about like the hierarchy of needs and stuff. That's about what I retained from my four-year degree. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I guess that's a leg up if you want to consider like <laughs> one thing out of four years of classes. No, there's a lot of things that I did learn, but really once I, you know, I didn't, I didn't take full advantage of that stuff and actually put it into practice until I was leading the sheet metal department where I was working. And then even more so when I was considered more of a, uh, not a direct leadership role, but just kind of a leadership by influence. Gotcha. Uh, so working with the supervisors, working with- You were um, the doer and the, the leaders used you to have, to kind of get the rest of the crew moving. Actually, I was, uh, you know, once I was done doing like supervising in the, mm -hmm. uh, in the area, it was more of a planning, and implementation type of thing. So okay. we were working with the supervisors of the areas to either like, you know, if we were missing goals or if we were changing mm -hmm. demand in an area, you know, working on setting staffing levels, working on, uh, you know, improving processes if we were having quality defects. We had a <laughs> like, management operations all day. It's crazy. And I look back on some of the things that, you know, and I, I didn't do it on my own. You know, it was a lot of people, including tons of operators and, you know, floor level people that, you know, and being from the floor, you know, having that experience that, you know, I always had a 
strong respect and still do for all the operators out there. And they were the ones who had to uh, deal with what, you know, we, the changes that we wanted to implement. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to make sure that they had at least some kind of a say in the process and help implement the things that we you know, wanted to do so that they could feel responsible for the goals that mm -hmm. you know, were set for them. That makes sense. Yeah. And we couldn't have done it without them. They can put the brakes on whatever. You don't know how much power, you know, seat three on assembly line H has in yeah. hitting a goal if he's not bought into what you're trying to do. It, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. That's like a big picture. Like the overall machine needs to produce this. And if one component of it isn't working, then it doesn't produce that or right. it doesn't produce it as fast. Right. Do you see that in your business now? Like, do you see what you've learned through that experience applying to great home movers? Yeah, I do. How? Well, you know, and you got all these good questions. This is a great transition, and uh, here I am for it. Uh, you know, I take a lot on myself. So, and when I say that, I mean I take a lot of. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm my own biggest critic, right? So I feel like I'm constantly uh, trying to, you know, catch up and be the best that I can. And mm -hmm. I overwhelm myself and sometimes I fall behind on this or, you know, have these ideas that I want to implement for a long time. And I can feel like I'm the cog that's not doing what needs to be done. Uh, I'm the person who isn't necessarily giving my guys the tools that they need to do what they need to do. Now, that's an amazing answer. I think it's the right answer for a business owner to give, man. That's, that's it. I mean, it's easy for, for somebody to talk about a business like a machine and say, well, somebody in the operational part, this function of the business, they're not doing their job and that's why. But the response you just gave was not that. It was more like, I'm the one pulling all the levers out of the machine and I didn't pull the right lever, so that's why. Yeah. And that type of ownership, I think, is really powerful for business owners. It, when you started your business, did you think that way? You know, I feel like I wanted to think that I thought that way. I was so small. When I started that business, it was really just me and a truck. And, you know, I ended up hiring one guy who was only going to be doing this for a little while with me. And then I kind of had to move on. I was using my brother at times. I was, you know, hey, yeah, for real. You know, I just wanted to get that next job and then kind of let the pieces fall. Like you were just get, trying to survive. Yeah, get that next job so I could get that money in my bank so I could make the payroll so that I could, you know, continue mm -hmm. to, buy a lead, keep the, keep that's that the part of business. People don't talk about man. Like that stuff's hard. And to get through that, there's a lot of businesses that don't, right. How did, yeah. how did you handle that? Like emotionally, like, like how did you go through processing that? That's tough. But the reality is a lot of people are there. Oh man. I would say I probably didn't handle it super well. It took me a while to get out of that mindset, especially because uh, I want to say that, I had some confidence things going into starting the business that I had to overcome. So tell me more about that. I was 
not wanting to put myself as the face of the business. I didn't really want people to know that me, Chris Hansen, was starting a business who was going to be moving people. I had fears about people that I don't eat, like, I don't know, who is that random person from high school who maybe remembers me and thinks, that guy, he was a slacker, dude. He's going to start a business? Like, why would anyone move him? And I don't know why I would even think about that, but it certainly was in my head. And I've actually talked to other people who felt the same way. So, I mean, it's, it's not completely unique to me, but I really don't really hampered my growth. I kind of held myself back. Your because own lack was, of confidence. Though. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid to put myself out and really achieve and you know, show what I was made of. I wanted the business to you know, be successful so that I could someday come out and be like, yeah, this is what I built. Now that you see the business. You just wanted the glory. You didn't want your name to kind of be there through the grit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was part of that. And also part that, you know, if, if I, like, I didn't feel like I deserved the glory or that people would recognize mm. that I could do something. And so I was really taking that from an external sense of validation. I wasn't expecting that I was going to get it. And so it was holding me back. So. At a certain point, I started hanging out with other business owners and that shifted the mindset. Yeah, it really did. All right, let's, let's explore that. So walk me through like the things you were thinking about before and then whatever that first time you hung out with other business owners was and how that shifted. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it was maybe my third winter when I'm in the slow season, just spent more than I should have on Christmas presents for the kids and looking at the bank account, thinking to myself, I don't have any jobs on the calendar. I should have been more prepared for this this year. This is the third time in a row. I got to do something different. I might as well just fold. Your back was against the wall. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, I had heard about networking groups and really just I'm like, wow, I have to do something. And so I actually found a BNI group, mm-hmm. Absolute Connections, best networking <laughs> group uh, in the entire country, Twin Cities, everything, all that. But yeah, so shameless uh, plug, shameless <laughs> plug. You know, you got to get used to the shameless plug. That's that confidence that you yeah. got to get. <laughs> so yeah, just being in that networking group, talking to other business owners. You know, other people telling you they, they've been through the same thing when they were at this point in their business, they went through this, you know, like identity where they shifted from being a business owner or from being a technician to a business owner. So I still had this mindset of I'm going to be a mover. I own a moving company, but I basically own my job. What I need to be a business what, what owner. You, so correct me if I'm wrong here. So what you're saying is. Before you walked into that room, you didn't really realize how you were even thinking about yourself. Yeah. And then after that, you realized there's an alternative perspective to being a business owner. Yeah. That you didn't know was there before. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is that kind of what you're saying? I mean, you know, there was some there's some discrepancies in that timeline, but you know, we'll just go with that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that networking group though seriously helped me through 
So many things. I mean, I think that the number one advice that I would give to anyone is surround yourself with other professionals that are looking to achieve. Now, not not saying I'm at the top, but you know that 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 slogan of oh, it's lonely at the top. When you're the owner of a business, who are you going to complain to about mm-hmm. all the stuff you have going on in life? Like you, your employees, mm-hmm. they care to a certain extent, but they well, they need to get paid. They uh, that's their primary thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, who else? Your family and friends mostly work for other people. They don't really understand. I'm sitting there at bonfires with friends who are all complaining about their bosses and I'm sitting there going, what if their boss is, uh, you know, going through a thing and that, you know, they're having back orders on the other uh, deal. And like, I mean, maybe you should talk to them about it. They're probably going through some rough times. Wow. You feel weird being at a bonfire thinking to yourself like, man, I feel like I don't necessarily fit in with the, the struggles of a lot of people that I used to relate to up until this point. So yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I still love all my people, you know, I still keep in contact with all my old friends and everything like that. But, you know, but from a work standpoint, you, yeah. you can connect with people. You need an outlet of people who are going through the same stuff as you or who have gone through the same stuff as you. You got to reach out to that support system because as a business owner, you are just seen typically as someone who, oh, God, he, uh, he owns a business. Obviously, he's doing awesome. You know, he should be uh, paying the tab at the bar today. You know, he's yeah, probably the, putting his down. Firm. He's probably putting his down payment on his lake home right now, saving up for that boat. You're the like, rich Ferrari driving uh, business owner. Just you're that guy because just because you own a business and they don't. And and I think that disconnect is why some of those other conversations can never really happen. I've met, I've found myself in similar positions where some of the piece, people I'm like closest to i just can't talk about certain things with them right because it alienates them it creates distance and the like the awkward yeah it's like i don't uh i don't appreciate their time any less i love those moments with mm-hmm. all my people all my friends and oh, of course i have utmost respect but there is a certain level where yeah, we can connect on tons of yeah, things, but on this business side, though, on this right? business side, I need someone else to talk to. Because it's that mindset. You said support structure. Yeah. Right? So, what do you mean when you say that in regards to business? Well, like I said, you can't do everything yourself, and included in that is just it rolls over into your personal life, and it can be a frustrating thing it can so it's amazing to have people that can help you through those personal crises mm-hmm. oh not only do people see you as hey you're a business owner you know all the things i just said but they also think that you've got everything together that you know, they don't see it as behind the the curtain mm-hmm. they don't you know your customers don't care what you have going on in your personal life, they are looking for your business, your service, They, and that's what they expect, right? They don't realize that, hey, like for the last year, I've been going through a divorce. Like I'm trying to find a new normal with my kids. I am trying to you know, accomplish and drive this business forward so that I can 
realize these dreams, these things that I've worked for for the last six years. While your whole world is changing and you still have to hold it together. Absolutely. Right? Like the world, That's the customers, the your employees, their paychecks, your paychecks, your bills, mm -hmm. none of that stuff stops just because you're going through a rough time. And it's a really rough time. It just is. But what am I supposed to do? Like I have to continue to push on. I need to get up every morning. I need to get out there and do it for the people that I love, people that depend on me. So what do I need? I need people to depend on as well. You know, I need a support system. You know, I have my parents, I have my, you know, my kids, you know, two beautiful girls who like they're they're just, you know, the absolute light of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've just got so many amazing people who want to build me up. They also want to see me succeed. And that, I can't say enough about the networking group that I'm in and Absolute Connections. You know, I don't want to sound like a commercial for them, but it's seriously, once you join any networking group and become part of something, it becomes a bigger thing. It's not just about passing business. It becomes a personal investment into the other people in your group. You, know, you said we've been, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. We're sitting here BSing before the thing. Like, you know, we have more than just a business relationship mm -hmm. together, right? And there's people who I don't BS with outside of, uh, you know, or have much contact with in my networking group because it's such a huge group. And there's people I just don't know on that personal level even. But when things are going wrong, I'll get random messages from people that I don't even necessarily have a close relationship with in that group just saying, hey, I... Heard you're going through something. Reach out to me if you ever want to talk. You know? Wow. And that's powerful. It is. Absolutely. I mean, it makes you feel like part of a family. So yeah, get that support system. You know, don't shy away. Be authentic. Allow yourself to open up. Uh, I feel like, especially as a as a man, it's hard to open up and express your your feelings, your problems, you know. I feel like a lot of, of being a business owner, being a, a man is, uh, you know, posing as you have it all together, you know, like mm -hmm. you can't be shook, you know, and not allowing yourself to open up to other people. It's not going to help. It's not going to make things better. These internal struggles that you have are, they're not going to go away. Just absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're going to fester. Hmm. They're going to whatever. I'll get you a tissue. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, no. I'm, you know, but yeah, like it gives you that, that outlet. And seriously, like, you know, I recommend that anyone who needs serious help, like go to a, you know, a licensed therapist, you know, seek that. Yeah, it's so good that that's becoming normalized now. Right. Where yeah. before I've been, that was like, it's sign of weakness, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know. I feel like I, anyone who reaches out for help, like I see that as a sign of strength. I think it's the ultimate strength, like to be able to admit admit that and like seek out help. Like that's real difficult, like in our society in general, because of that fear of judgment, fear of whatever. But all those fears aren't like they're not real. 
until it actually happens. It's like the theory that this thing could happen. Right. Sometimes our brains make all this shit up, right? Absolutely. Well, so, it's, you know, can relate it back to when I was starting my business and I want to have my face out there because all these like make-believe barriers that I gave myself, you know? Again. Which were all other people's perspectives. Right, right. right. So you can just, where did that, why did you think you needed to live up to other people's? Yeah, you know, done a lot of soul seeking lately over, <laughs> over the last year. And I do have a, you know, high tendency to, seek external validation. I'm one of those people, one of my love languages is, yeah, words of affection or affirmation. Uh, that one, affirmation, words of praise. You know, I do have a little bit of a higher need for that. And I think I was just beyond where a healthy person, you know, or uh, I needed beyond what a healthy person should be in her. You know, so I've actually been working a lot on that, of finding that, uh, that inner praise, you know, knowing that when I do for something for myself, if I feel good about it, that can be enough. Mm -hmm. I don't need everyone to come give me a compliment. I mean, sure, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a great job. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I just, I want to do it for me, you know, realizing that wow. doing something for everyone else or doing something for the glory, the praise, the whatever, like, never. Like it's never gonna be good enough. Like no one's it'll right. never be gone. You'll, yeah. you'll always be chasing after it again. Right, you're just like chasing that dragon, man. It's hmm. funny. So, We're on the same page there. <laughs> so, so for you, like you're giving some great advice for for people that are going through some of those struggles of not having resources. Right? Did you go? Like, was it hard for you to go? go to like find a group like where did you find a group like I, I how did knew, that happen so I, I got recommended to BNI through another uh, well sales professional for another moving company actually that I became friends with and he said he was in a couple of groups I actually looked up ones around the area and found the biggest one, saw they didn't have a moving company, and I invited myself. I'm going to check it out. So yeah. just going in, nobody. I'm pretty decent at going somewhere, and you know, maybe I'll have a little bit of internal nervousness or whatever, but people can't tell. Yeah, it's, it's not external. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. So I was fine going in there. Uh, sat down, saw the energy in the room thought to myself, oh, if I was going to do anything for a change, like the fee for this for a year is like, I don't know. I think at the time it was like 550 bucks. I know it's like a little more expensive than that right now, but thinking to myself, you know, that's what, three jobs. And you know, if I get three jobs, I've paid for my annual fee. The rate of return on this investment is like almost uh, you know, yeah. the fee's negligible compared to like any yeah. kind of other marketing or anything mm -hmm. else I could do. It seemed like a no brainer. And, like, and you have the time because you don't have any jobs. Anymore, <laughs> right. Right. It was so you're back. So rewinding it back to when we were first on this story before ping pong all over the place. You said your back was against the wall pretty much. Right. Right. And you, you had a couple options. You could fold or you could do something that's different, right? right? 
we didn't talk a lot about the whole folding part of it. You, we talked, the next thing that came out of your mouth was you went, so I think you're a fighter, dude. I, like just based on what you're talking about so far. So that. Yeah. Sometimes so, I'm uh, so much of one that I don't know when to quit. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, I think that the stick to it, to this, we'll go with that. Yeah, for sure. I think that like that resilience is a better word. I think like that is such a powerful thing for people to like recognize it in themselves, especially in business. Cause like life is going to punch you in the face every day as it is. But if you're in business and business for yourself, there's a lot more punches flying your way sometimes. So being able to eat that punch and keep growing and put yourself out there. And now not only do you have all that other pressure you have, but now you're, doing something that was very difficult for you, right? You chose to not put your face out there, not be visible because of the other fears. So you're, you're adding more pressure to yourself at that point. Right. Right. So did you pull the trigger? Like, you're like, I'm, I'm in, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Well, how'd you think that was going to change? Did you play out like how that would impact you down the line? Or did you just know this is different that I know I need something different. Yeah, I could tell just by that group in particular. I mean, they, they, not everyone in general is probably going to feel that exact same like thrill of walking into the room and just knowing this is where they needed to be at that moment. So it may take a couple different groups, but there's one out there where you may feel that. But it just seemed like a no-brainer to me because, of, like I said, the, that you know the investment was so little and. I really needed to be around people who were making moves for themselves and their families and were in those situations. I just felt like if there was value in that. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to find the next right move within this group. Gotcha. So the proximity factor, you were like, that was a major value add. Like yeah. Having massive amount of business owners. With experience. Yeah. I mean that, for me, when I joined my first networking group, it was very similar. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even didn't know what to think about, let alone if it was even in the right general vicinity of where I should be shooting, right? Like yeah. It was just, yep. I was thinking about stuff. I had a business, really had no idea what I was doing. And like having those resources, like that sounding board of maybe sometimes unsolicited feedback yeah. to, to now create additional reference points for you as a business owner to triangulate how you see your business in reality. Right. Instead of just this vacuum of how you view it. I, like that, I think the word is perspective. Absolutely. Right. And greater perspective on things really helps you realize that you don't have it that bad sometimes. Right. All right. And you know, I'm also just kind of gleaned from how you're talking about it. It sounds like, just having so many people that cared about you yeah. through some of those tough times, even though they weren't like supposed to, they didn't have to, you knew them on the business level. Right. So in right. theory with our business faces on, like we were friends on LinkedIn, but not on Facebook. So I don't know what's actually going on in your life because everyone puts a certain business facade out there. And we are friends on Facebook though, we, right, man? I think so. So that was just hypothetical. So right? three years ago, if um, not, I'd really like an ad. Okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so you went into this group and 
then you just start going. How did that, in that first six to 12 months of being part of that, what changed? COVID happened. Perfect. So it's your fault. <laughs> right, right. I signed up for this group and all of a sudden there's a pandemic. Dang it. So was that beneficial that you had joined the group then? Yeah, absolutely. I think if I hadn't had joined that group, uh, that would have probably been the nail in the coffin. In fact. Really? Uh, absolutely. Because your back was against the wall. Back against the wall. Now, one of those deals where there's plenty of reasons to not push forward at that moment. I mean, I'm a realist. I, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. There are shutdowns. There are businesses that are not allowed to keep going. I don't know if I'm going to catch something where I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my parents are going to catch something. I don't know if I'm going to give something to a client. You know, there's just so much uncertainty, right? And being around other people who had to say, yes, all this stuff's going on, but there's still other stuff. Like I still need to the world make money. Stop. I still need to provide for myself. Like no one else is helping right now. You know, there wasn't any help immediately. Yeah, no one's coming to your rescue. <laughs> right? Absolutely. And I was lucky enough to be in a business that was considered an essential service. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people literally couldn't operate their business. Absolutely. Because of that, they shut down. So those serendipities, I think, are really unique where, like, if you hadn't gotten over your fear of putting yourself out there and gone to that, maybe your life is different right now. Right. Right. And, right. and it's hard. It's, sometimes it's hard to process that and, like, even get to that point. But I, for myself, it's beneficial for my personal progress. Would you agree with that for yourself? Oh, absolutely. Wow. So you're crediting the fact that you had a support system with pretty much allowing your business to succeed and not, but it's, correct me if I'm wrong, you're not in the same position now in your business as you were when you joined. No. I mean, I have some of the same issues, some of that stuff, you know, I, I like to, uh, I, but I've learned, I've grown, you know, they're not as big and impactful. You know, I work through a lot more stuff, much more easily, like delegating, letting other people do the work, uh, being that support system. And instead of the person who actually enforces, I guess, is being hammer, supportive. Yeah. yeah. So it's I'm definitely in a different place. In fact, I don't even know if I consider those first three years. I didn't count. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I feel like I've been in business for three years now. I know I, I really sound like I'm, uh, hey, join Absolute Connections BNI yeah. today. Yeah. But it could have been any group. It could have been whatever. It's just getting yourself in front of other business owners, getting yourself in front of other dedicated people who are striving to perform, who know the stuff that you're going through, who can help you out. And the type of people who want to help each other and then also be that person to others too. That's another thing is that, you know, I feel like I'm kind of the person who takes tons of stuff in, implements a little bit of it, but I'll be able to tell the next person who's going through something exactly, exactly what they need to do, <laughs> even if I'm not doing it myself. But yeah, so I love to, you know, help other people out. You know, if someone needs any advice, I'll tell you exactly what I should be doing. And you know, if you do that, you'll succeed. Now, I might not be doing it, but I'll tell you what you need to do. <laughs> I feel like there's something in that, though. It's so much easier to, to see 
what's going on from somebody else's business because it's only logic that you look at it from. And this right. is why I think having consultants and outside perspective Absolutely. on your business is so incredibly valuable because as the business owner, those dollars that are going into the business account, there's an emotional attachment there for us, right? Those are our dollars yeah. until we decide that it's going somewhere else, right? right. So if there's like a lack of quality management with those dollars, we actually feel that. Like business owners like emotionally feel it. Yeah. And that that's hard. Like it, it's hard to like take that emotional attachment as a business owner and, and put it aside because as soon as emotions involved for me, now I'm making dumbass decisions, man. Not, now yeah. it's not really based off of data and numbers, it's based off of feeling. Absolutely. I, you know, the other thing about it too is it can be difficult because you know, this your business, you know, you know, it becomes your baby. You don't just want to make some rash decisions. Sometimes it can be paralyzing in order to, you know, make a change in order to go a different direction. Cause man, you, you're so emotionally invested that you don't want to make that wrong decision. Mm -hmm. But you, know, you, if you, if you don't, if you don't change, like mm -hmm. if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. So but it can be paralyzing sometimes to have to make a choice to do something else because you're risking a, a lot of people, you know, all your employees, you know, things and stuff. I don't know. I feel like I have the commitments uh, that they've made, their right, wives, right. essentially. And yours, you know, it all lays on this thing. And it can be difficult from that, from that, you know, to separate your feelings from, you know, the analytics, from the data, from mm -hmm. the, all that kind of stuff. So, Absolutely. I've had a few consultants. I have someone that I take a lot of advice from who's not technically a consultant, but, you know, really supportive of other people mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. So just having other people around you that are, you know, especially if they have strengths where you feel like you lack, God, those people are so important too. They, yeah. they bring insight that you... That's foreign to you. Right? Absolutely. So, so you've had this massive mindset switch, right? You the first three years, let's throw those aside. So you make this mindset shift. You're actively engaging in the growth of your business through being in close proximity to people. Were the fears that you had about making that jump that all these other people, the worries you had about what other people would think about you and all that, was any of that even real? Like, did you? No, I've had enough. Like, oh, it's funny. You know, the, uh, well, that stuff is just all, you know, everyone has their insecurities. Everyone, uh, well, to a certain extent, everyone, you know, thinks about, you know, people from their past and, you know, what's, uh, what they could possibly be. What would so-and-so who doesn't even, like, I don't even know they were, Maybe some dude who picked on me one time back in whenever. What would they think if I was? They found out I was running a business. They might laugh to themselves. Well, <laughs> so you realize ah! it doesn't even. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> what is wrong with me? Like, wow. I don't know. That's a stupid way that overthinking. I don't know. I met a lot of overthinkers out there, so I'm not the only one who does that kind of thing. But at the same time, like, <laughs> you just gotta. So, what advice would you have for like? people that are going through that or what are some things to think about if somebody that's listening is kind of going through that free yourself from these chains you're putting on wow. yourself man 
free yourself. Get over it. Like, get over yourself too sometimes because why do you think you have a place in that person's head anymore? Like, you know what I mean? Wow, you're like, trying to like forget about them. They don't like, have that you're that important. <laughs> right. And like, what would any of that matter anyway? Oh, man, I seem man, this has been a great session, by the way. What am I owe you for this? This is my insurance cover this? Damn. <laughs> I'm just, dude, this is valuable stuff because it's not just you that's going through this, man. Like, that's why I love doing this stuff. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm learning a lot about you, but I'm also like thinking about myself here and then other people that I know and how this new insight that you're giving me can potentially change the trajectory that I have or other people that I care about, or maybe the people I have never met and never will meet, how it can impact them. That's why I do stuff like this. Awesome. So anyway, so free yourself from the chain. That's great advice. So you've talked a few times about like this, like swirling indecision where you like how tough that could be, right? Like how do you not overthink something? I would say that, you know, in order to not overthink something, you really need to like, uh, look at the numbers. Yeah. Real yeah. Stuff. It's do we need to do math, not feelings. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that. I mean, and you know, sometimes there isn't that hard data, but you got to figure out sometimes what the chance of the what the potential like gain the is yeah. for what you're investing versus the loss of that investment, right? Mm -hmm. And is that going to be worth it? Like, I couldn't necessarily, especially at the time when I joined that networking group, or you know, when I get flyers printed up, or when I get you know things done, right? And I have to spend money on you know some kind of a booth at a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, what am I putting into it? What am I going to lose? And what do I feel like I could gain? So, I mean, there might be a little bit of feel, but I mean, is it, <laughs> you can put it out on paper afterwards, mm -hmm. hopefully. Oh, maybe it is just based on a feeling, but. But then you uh, can learn from that after yeah, Absolutely. So. Yeah, I don't know. When, I said a lot of things about you, feelings even after yeah. I said, look at the data, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that is the like the struggle and the balance that business owners have is that like the factual logical data oriented pieces that they, that they should be making decisions off of and the emotional side of things where it's their money. There's other people involved. There's emotions involved there and those are all there, but the, you need to know it's there, but you can't necessarily make the decision off of that. Like yeah. it's, it's hard to even put into words and formulate like a, a coherent conversation right now, to be honest, a little but, bit, but I think that's kind of the mind of a business owner at times and why being around other people who maybe have found some organization to that chaos yep. to, to now show, Hey, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It's that way for you now, but there's other ways. Here's one way that's worked for me. Yeah. And then there's another way that's worked for Bob over there. I'll like, tell you, the pendulum can swing the other way too. Uh, just as easy as it is to not make any decisions and sit still, and you know, and then you can also swing the other direction and just say yes to everything, and that can be bad as well. Mm -hmm. Every time someone calls you up and says, "Hey, you need this for your business," oh, I do need that, don't I? 
oh, you need to market in this way. I should market in that way, shouldn't I? You just start spending money on everything all at the same time. You have no idea what actually stuck. So yeah. Sounds like you had to learn that the hard way. That also is, you know, is a thing that can happen. Okay. So how did you? You how, too how, can be a business owner and have to deal with all this. <laughs> how, how did you learn that? How did you learn that you can make decisions too fast? I'll tell you once I figure it out. Okay. I just know what happens. You just times. know you spent yeah, more yeah. money and you didn't get the result that you wanted. Well, absolutely. I mean, I've, you know, gone through points where, you know, I'll keep like an advertising campaign going on too long, mm -hmm. even though I don't feel like I'm getting anything of it, out of it. And why do you do that? Because every once in a while you get a bite, you, but it's like in general, this isn't really paying off and I'd probably use this money towards something else. But I just got a job the other week off of it for the first time in a couple of months. So Maybe you, so you validate the lack of performance because of the uncertainty again of what the alternative you don't know is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then also sometimes you just get into a comfort like, uh, okay, I have this system, this system, this system. Like sure, they're all kind of like performing a little less than I would. But at least I have a system, right? And uh, in order to depth of a business when they stand there, man. Right. It, you know, it has to. You have to be pretty diligent in going back and looking over those kind of things and, and making those decisions on you know, what really hasn't been working or has been underperforming. I've had to cut different lead sources out, even though I'm getting a few things from them here and there, uh, just because I guarantee I could put that money towards something else that would be. So it sounds like you just do math on, I put money into this channel. This channel produced this, that is or is not good enough for me to continue doing marketing here. Is there a particular time that you like run that experiment? Uh, Usually. That's kind of what it is, right? Like with, unless you have like some type of insight into the industry where somebody can advise you and come sure. up with these ideas. For a lot of business owners, it's just trial and error. It is. I usually try and get all of my stuff into play before before April. And uh, that summer is going to be the experiment time. And then after the busy time, like right about now, is when I will start looking back over things and seeing what actually worked that year. Mm -hmm. Because during the middle of it, there's no time to really rest and take a look at that stuff. I mean... You got to get money when you can get money. Right, right. But, well, and everything is coming at you so fast during the summer with the moving industry that can be really difficult to sit there and analyze everything. So I usually yeah, get anything that I want to implement it. Test it over a 12-month period? That's usually not even that long. But but you understand your industry now that in the summer you have this uptick and seasonality of service mm -hmm. and maybe not as much during the winter. Yeah, during the winter, I mean, I'm not a large enough company where I have, you know. I don't even team. think we've talked about what you actually do yet. So I, let's, I, rewind, let's rewind it a little bit. So what does- I own a home, moving company, Matt. Okay, so what do we move, Chris? What, like, let's talk about what Great Home Movers does for its customers. Okay, so Great Home Movers, we are a local, relatively small company I work very closely with all my customers uh, and my employees. I call them employees, but like they're my guys. They're my crew. They're out there. 
we have meetings, we joke around, we do stuff. Saying employees seems so cold. So they're out there. The burning team. <laughs> exactly. And and they're the ones who make all this happen too. I mean, you moved my wife and, and myself when we recently moved this past year. And like I can legit say like you're boots on the ground with your team, like moving stuff. You know, yeah. You're sweating and the coolest part about it is you have like such a positive attitude the whole like i hate moving like that is a stressful thing i've moved so many of my friends in college it's ridiculous the fact that you chose like an occupation and a, a business to run where you do that like you are yeah you're stronger than i am because uh, i couldn't go through that for more than like a weekend or something uh, so i mean the goal is to not necessarily be moving. boots boots on the ground like for too long and uh but yeah, I, but sometimes that's what you got to do, right? Actually, like, uh, I'm pretty sure some, some shit. Hit the part of the reason that I'm out there sometimes is because I'm a glutton for punishment. I actually like doing that kind of thing sometimes. I almost feel like it holds me back a little bit from really having to exit that part and focusing completely on business development. Stop wanting to feel it. I know. Sweet. So we made that decision here today. That's good. Thanks, man. <laughs> Just check in with me in a week and we'll see how that's going. No, I do need to, I do need to get out there, but I uh, do need to get out of the field. Why? Oh, because I mean, it's for business owners that are in that thought process, like explain to them why there's value in the operator coming out of the field. All right. I'll explain to you why. Okay. Cause if you're working in the business, you're not working on your business, okay? Everything that you're missing out on during the day uh, is stuff like checking over what's working, what's not. So going over the data, looking at where your sales are coming from, looking at your conversion rate on your leads, looking at, I mean, like there is so much in the background that you can be doing. And if you're out in the field, you're just, if you're out in the field, your brain is firing on a different level. You also so don't you have the energy to do that stuff afterwards. I mean, you, like I call it mover's brain. By the end of the move, you're just like shot. So what am I going to do after that? Go and look to see, you know, what my conversion bad. rate was <laughs> last, last week. Yeah, like, you know, so right. So it, you're forced into thinking with your gut and with emotion at that point, because not only like the decisions still have to be made right in your business, but now you're, you're at a lower mental capacity because you're literally spent physically yeah, and absolutely. mentally because of what you're doing in the field, especially in your, your role. There's a lot more to moving than just the physicality of it. Like, I mean, I don't want to talk about it. It's so stressful for me. And that's, <laughs> and, and speaking of what we do, honestly, that's what I feel really sets sets me apart and sets my team apart. We're Tell me more. my favorite compliment that I could get from any customer is no one complained the entire time. So why is that my favorite thing? Because everyone hates it. Everyone knows how hard it is to move. They're already stressed out. A lot of the time people feel bad for what they're putting us through. And the last thing, you know, during this stressful time, during a move, is to add more stress on the customer, knowing that we're struggling or we're complaining or we're doing something we don't want to do. 
that's not what we're here for. We're here to take that stress off of you. We're here to make you feel confident. We're here to like make you feel good about this whole process. How do you get your team to not complain about something that's such a pain in the butt? I mean, we complain about it, just not in front of anyone. So, I mean, there is that, uh, but, uh, but I mean, it, you realize it, that you're on stage in front of the consumer. And, absolutely. And anything you say, do body language, even like there's a potential perception of right stress and negativity when they are already going through the traumatic experience of changing their place where they call home. Absolutely. And I mean, the wow. customer has been doing so much leading up to the actual move. I mean, we do offer pack and service, so if you know, what does that mean? Uh, we can come in, put all your dishes in boxes. Oh, we should have done that. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I remember you. No, I don't think we did any <laughs> crap. Like, we didn't do any. <laughs> no, you didn't. I remember your move. Sorry, it was uh, not, <laughs> not gonna lie, Matt. <laughs> well, you didn't seem as prepared as I, I hoped you would have been, but that's all right. But you know what? We didn't complain at all, did we? No, there you not go. Right. <laughs> See, that's. The realest shit right there too. But yeah, I mean, so like, yeah, I knew you were already stressing out about how you, you it's not like you didn't know you were prepared. Come on. Yeah, like, right. what am I going to do? Add on to that guilt? No, we're just going to move your stuff. Okay. Now it's yeah. already there. You can't change it. Now the Putting nice, that out there the nice just, thing for me is your lack of preparedness, you know, increased your bill. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that worked out. out. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, but that's how business is. Yeah. You know, the last thing I want to do though, is make you feel bad about, you know, what you did or didn't get done. I mean, it's just, it needs to be done today. We're here for it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to accomplish it. We're going to make sure that you don't feel any, any more stress than you need to. And really a lot of the way that I get my guys to, you know, do that is I, is I get them. I talk about this kind of thing with them. I tell them about, you know, how, this is not an easy process. You know, everyone on my team has moved personally, either with their family or on their own. And usually they've done it with their family or on their own. They haven't necessarily hired a moving company. They know the stress leading up to the move. They know the stress of unpacking afterwards, you know, having to think about all the logistics of everything and when's the closing going to be? When's the, you know, do we have to hold things overnight? Do we have to get a hotel room? What, there's so much crap and we talk about this mm -hmm. and I tell them the whole reason you're there is so that they don't have to worry about this big part of it. They can just and watch us go. That, we got this. Yes. And you can trust us with everything. Like that's, that's a lot to trust somebody with. Like, like literally people's whole life is in your trucks when they're moving. Right. And yeah. Like that's such an extreme level of trust that I mean, we got your, everything from your like cheap Ikea bookcase to your grandma's China, mm -hmm. you know, everything in between. And we pretty much treat everything as though it was your grandma's China mm -hmm. because, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that everything really gets there in the same condition that it is. When we got to it, oh, we're trying to, make sure we don't leave a mess behind at mm -hmm. the site. We now the other thing I instill in my guys is that when we see something heavy, when we see something that's, you know, just a brick of a piece of furniture or just going to be difficult, I look, I, I tell them to, 
or think of it as something that you know they can try and uh if you're a gamer, have you do you game at all? Absolutely not. No. Okay. <laughs> well, if you were, you'd know that there's achievements in a lot of games, okay? okay? And usually it's some kind of a stupid task that takes forever, that takes a lot of energy, and really you just once you get it, it's an achievement unlocked. A lot of the people that work for me are, you know, younger. They, they know that video game culture. They respond to that uh, achievement unlocked. You know, like hey, this is gonna suck. Mm -hmm. You're gonna grind this. But once you're done with it, feel good about it. Yeah, and you, yeah, you got that like, you know, insane dresser down. You got that piano out into the truck. You got that, you know, gun safe out and of now, you know, whatever. Now you know, next time one comes up, that you'll be able to do that. Yeah, too. Absolutely. Right. And you know what? People look at us and they see us do that, and they're gonna be sitting there like, "Holy crap!" Like we get a lot of compliments about stuff. You know. First off, we didn't complain. Second off, we did things that no way, shape, or form they wanted to do. And a lot of the time, they can't do it. We get a lot of compliments. You know, we get a lot of people who are just super thankful. And that's really rewarding. We get, you know, how many times I've like gotten old ladies just giving me hugs as I'm like drenched in sweat. Like, oh my so gosh, nice. how are you? Yeah, what are you doing, ma'am? <laughs> like, I'm disgusting right now. What? You're so happy, right? Like, that's a really good feeling. And feeling a, that way, like... It's a perk of the job that you don't think about. Well, it's, it's one makes, of those intangibles. Makes, well, coming from the pest control industry, which isn't always rainbows and unicorns, like, it's a dirty industry, right? right I can right. totally understand the value in getting affirmation from somebody you just rolled around in the mud for and how much easier that makes it next time mm -hmm. like that kindness and appreciation like i think that just the world needs more of that in yeah. general absolutely but as like service provider that works physically like it means a lot to myself and to my guys when we get those pieces of positive feedback yeah. and mm -hmm. not only that but it, like when it's given in person we get to feel that emotional right. connection like when people go above and beyond they put it on social media and facebook and stuff like that like that to me, like, it's the most humbling thing that somebody would take additional time out of their day to try to help me grow my business, right? Because that's really what that does for a small yeah, business. Absolutely. Is, is it, a, it, it creates social proof where now, instead of Mrs. Johnson knowing how amazing Chris and his team are, now the entire world can see how mm -hmm. awesome the experience Mrs. Johnson had with Great Home Movers and yeah. how Chris and Lee and Tom and I don't even know if those are your guys' names. They're probably not. How all of those? We got Tom. Sweet, nice. All those guys made her feel during one of the most stressful parts of her life. Like that. If anyone is out there buying a service from somebody and you generally appreciate it, that little bit of kindness of putting a review or something like that can go on forever and really. Absolutely really impact small businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, also those guys, when I was, you know, another way I tell them is we're in an industry that fortunately gets gratuity and those nice. people. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's not, I mean, obviously not required by any means, but people do tip their movers. And when we're doing a good job, it's just, you know, more incentive. 
you know, for them, you know, it gives them something to work for, you know, so there's a level of appreciation and sometimes it, you know, goes beyond that too. So that's awesome. There's plenty of rewards and there's good stuff. One thing that I love about this job too, is it's a project oriented thing. Like oftentimes we're like doing a move and we're completing that job that Mm -hmm. day and we can all sit down like an accomplishment. Absolutely. Achievement unlocked. We, yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. <laughs> so, I don't know. We also have storage options. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? More. Tell, tell me more. Uh, I, I partner still with... still talking about your business here, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I think we've gone over moves. We move people from residence to residence, apartments, townhomes, single-family homes. We move offices, light industrial... We move, give me a call and I'll tell you if we move it. Okay. okay. <laughs> but just until otherwise assume we do. All so right. Is it, and this is just local. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anywhere in the state, honestly. Okay. So, uh, you know, if you're up in the iron range, I'll move you back down to the cities. If you were in the cities and want to move to the iron range, I got you. But yeah, primarily we do the twin cities, but anywhere in Minnesota, and we do, like I said, packing as well. So we can pack up your dishes if you don't want to, or if you just don't have time to, we can pack up all of your things. And that's, you know, an additional service to what we typically do in a move. It just amplifies the experience and simplifies that person's life though. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And then the storage aspect of it. So I partner with someone who has shipping containers now, you know, commonly known as pods. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't go with pods, go with whatever, <laughs> go with my guy. Anyway, yeah, so we do have, we partner with someone who has shipping containers. So we can have your stuff put into a shipping container, hold that for as long as you want, and we'll unload it back when you're ready for it. Really? Yep. Okay. So sounds like you've, you've got quite a few services that are more than just will move your stuff like but it kind of starts with the will move your stuff so tell me a little bit about your team and and where you're at right now in your business yeah absolutely so right now we run two trucks we have about five guys then myself and i have a virtual professional as well who's just amazing absolutely he's more than what i expected Mm -hmm. from having a virtual professional. He is, well, anyway, so definitely helping me in a lot more areas than I really expected in my business. And then during the summer, we usually ramp up to about 10 employees and hopefully I'll be able to get another truck going by the end of next year. Okay. Did you ever think you'd be where you're at right now? No. And I guess... I really jumped in feet first, really not necessarily having a strong business plan, which I wish I would have sat down and gone over. What do you, yeah, what do you wish you would have sat down and gone over <laughs> before you just jumped in? I wish I would have sat there and thought about where I wanted this to be in five years. I, <laughs> that should have been the first thing I thought of, right? <laughs> Right? Like, which is why, like, what am I even doing this for? You know, I felt like 
what I was doing it for was so I didn't have to work for someone else. That was the uh, where I want to be in five years, not working for someone else. That's, That's where, where it started. But yeah, I should have had much better directives. So you know, really thinking about your future and what you want to accomplish in the next few years mm -hmm. and sitting down, taking some time to plan out doesn't have to be overly detailed, but if I said, I want to have five trucks in five years, what does that look like at four years? Yeah. What does that look like at three years? What does that look like at two? You know, what like, am I going to do so, to get there? So what you're talking about is like real strategy. Yeah. Not just, just, not just the goal of, Hey, I want five trucks. Well, there's some shit before five trucks, right? There's yeah. three and four. And right, like right, so, right. So what are actually the steps that we're going to Absolutely. Make? How many employees do you need to, how many crews do you need to run? How many? And I think it's important to know, like, you don't got to spend too much time right. on this because what happens, and I think you'll agree with me, is you can strategize and come up with all these great freaking tactical things. And then when you get out there, it's not what happens. Something else happens and you got, you still got to pivot and, yeah. and keep moving and grooving, right? So yep. I, I think that process of just actually, looking into the future and thinking about yourself. Like, how do I want my life to actually look in five years? Right. It sounds like you didn't do that when you first started. And no. it wasn't until three years where- That's right, yeah, like, that's the first three Dang, years. I, I gosh. Wish, I wish I would've like thought about like the future. So like my current state isn't where I was at. Right. Right. And that, right. like, that's the hard way, man. Yeah. And if people can learn by not doing that, just with the, the conversation we've had today, I think, like, I really think you can change people's lives just with that little bit. Uh, another, right there. another thing, don't be afraid to think big. Uh, that's another thing I, I feel like is a chain that I'm trying to drop as well is not thinking big enough. You know, having a, how do you train yourself to think big? Yeah. Surrounding yourself with other people who are thinking just slightly bigger than you seeing what they're doing. What does that do for you? It gives you the, I guess, it, it, you know, it just gives you the, the visual, the reassurance. If, you know, if you're not naturally that kind of person who thinks like someday I'm going to build myself a $2 million warehouse with a full functioning, blah, blah, blah. Like some people do that. They naturally just think, Hey, I can do whatever I want to do and blah, blah, blah. I've, I feel like I've set more, or I, I maybe had tempered expectations or not been able to think as big as I should have been mm -hmm. able to. Or So just know that other people go out, they have these plans, they have these goals. And they do more. They things. do it. Don't think that just because you're who you are and you have an idea of who you are, that you can't also do these things. Don't hold yourself back pretty much. Absolutely. A lot of us just limit ourselves and not With saying I'm fears or whatever. Yeah. Or we just say like, oh, I'm not that guy. And oh. that's the end of it. And that's, yeah. where, and that's right there is where people fail is there's not, there's not enough time yeah. spent into. That's someone else. Someone else does that. Yeah. I'm not that person. You, that's a decision. Yeah. That's you, a decision. You, you decided just, that. You just made sure you're not like, wow. and I've done that to myself like plenty of times. It's, 
It's, uh, do you catch it, yourself still doing that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I do. Or, you know, I think, well, yeah, that's, that's uh, too hard. Oh, if I want to implement this, this is going to take a lot of my effort. And I still have so many things to do and I have, you know, whatever. Oh, and that's where your support system comes into play. That's when you start needing to drop things to other people. I have crew members who do more than just move. They help out, pass out marketing material. They, they do some of the you know, maintenance stuff that needs to get taken care of you know, around where the trucks are and you know, making sure that supplies are stocked. I don't go out and buy shrink wrap. One of my lead drivers makes sure that we have all that we need it at becomes, all times. It becomes somebody else's Absolutely. responsibility. You need to give some of that up so that you can do the things in order to think big, so that you do have enough time to do it, so that you have enough resources and it's not too much for you. How did you learn you needed to do that? You keep asking me, how did I learn to do that? I don't know. I'm learning it right now. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to you. I'm talking answer. to... Yeah, other people, I'm saying it out loud, so now I have to make it happen. I don't know. I mean, sometimes just putting it out into the ether, you know, gives you the empowerment to do it. So, hey, you know, maybe... got to start somewhere. As I'm inspiring other people, I'm also inspiring myself. Wow. Dude, I hope so. I think that's indeed... I'm going to have to think about that one a little more because I think that that happens to a lot of people, myself included. Like, we look to help. Because we like, people like to feel like, yep, I helped that person. I, I was of value in a scenario, right? But sometimes as we go through that process, we're really like doing that for ourselves. Like we're helping ourselves come to that realization as we think we're doing it for somebody else. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to rewind this and rewatch that. That was a good one. So... We've got a few more minutes here. Do we? I feel like I've been rambling on forever. Well, you have done a little rambling. I'm just kidding. Uh, this has been fantastic. I know there's going to be a lot of people getting value out of this. So real quick, what other type of advice or insight do you have for small business owner trying, trying to grow their business and, and maybe they're three to seven years in? And keep up that grind. Just keep going. Get up every morning. Go out and do the things. Don't give up. Yeah. Like, in have some kind of a routine. When you're down about stuff, because you're going to get down about stuff, you're going to have problems. You're going to have, you know, things in your personal life, things in your professional life that you don't want to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Getting up, doing something easy to start your day. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that, you know, putting one, one foot in front of the other, this seems like such generic advice, Matt. I don't know, but maybe we just need reminders on, you know, sticking to the basics. Mm -hmm. Like it's not this whole big it's thing not. out there. It's just like, yeah, you got to take that next step. Yeah. And once you do that, then, then there's another one after that that's going to come. Right. And it's like, once things get rolling for a day. Sometimes I'll wake up and I, oh my God, yeah, all I want to do is go back to bed. But you know what? I'm going to call, call my virtual professional. Then we're going to talk about a few things that I'm going to task him with. He's going to give me plenty of things that I'm going to have to do as well. And then, uh, you know, we'll start working on those things. And it just, you know, 
then I started looking at my schedule, seeing what I have to do. Like you, once you start going, you're not going to stop. You got to get momentum. Objects going. in motion. It's staying motion. Right. Right. And I think like that's one of Newton's laws, right? So, so you're telling me the simple fact that having consistency in your morning, like just having something to do that creates a rhythm, like that yeah. helps you. Yeah, for the rest of the absolutely. Day. It's almost like a pull start for a, a lot more. Like it's got to get going yeah. somehow. There's times where I just felt like, uh, you know, I'm a business owner. Part of the part of the thing that I like about this is I have the freedom to set my own schedule. Part of the thing that was holding me back at times was the freedom to set my own schedule. It, hold yourself to something. You know, if you set yourself to like or don't set yourself up. You can wake up whenever you want. You can mm -hmm. go to bed whenever you want. You can do all the things you want to do, but there's no consistency. You're all over the place. Give your, yeah, absolutely. You, you can't run a business in chaos. Mm -hmm. You can't run your life in chaos. Get up at the same time every morning. Get yourself something to do. Schedule If you need to schedule yourself something right in the morning to force you to get up, to do something right away, to get the ball rolling, like do that. Absolutely. Do the hard yeah. Hmm. All right. So one more question. If you had to define the word hustle in terms, like as it applies to business, how would you define that? Just uh, continuing through all the things that we just talked about, knowing that, you know, tomorrow there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but I have a job to do and I have people to do it for. Mm -hmm. Love that. All right. So Chris, thanks again for joining us. Anyone wants to reach out to you or follow you on social media, like what's the best way for them to get in contact with you and Grant Homeovers? Yeah, you can call me at 763-227-2041. Check out my website, greathomemovers.com. You can email me, chris at greathomemovers.com. I have like three videos on my website of some of the customers. They'll go into more explanation of you know, the things that I try and do. And yeah, you can uh, apply for a move online. But yeah, just give me a call. Honestly, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is mm -hmm. just call me or text me. Love to hear from you. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, Chris. Really appreciate your time today, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, on thanks for having me, man. Any any time I can spend just gazing into gazing those eyes. Is deep. Love it's it. You've been really deep in my eyes today. So It's a place thanks where I feel at home. <laughs> <laughs>